Hello and welcome back to Building Web Apps Badly. I am once again recording this uh, while walking on the street, but this time it should be a lot quieter because it is nighttime. It is around 11 p.m. So I am out here thinking about, uh, first of all, learning. And second of all, deploying web apps and how long it takes and how much effort it takes to deploy a web app. And I want to talk a little bit about how these things are related. How learning uh, how to build a web app and how to recruit a customer base is related to being able to deploy web apps quickly and easily. Um, let me do that by uh, talking about a very simple analogy, um, which is uh, one of the first things we learn how to do, uh, walking. So imagine uh, there's a baby, that, uh, and you're, you're the baby, <laughs> and you're learning how to walk. Now imagine uh, every time you want to get up and walk, uh, there's this <laughs> multi-step process you have to complete. You have to, you know, put your thumbprint against a piece of paper, um, get approval from both your parents, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I don't know, <laughs> run it by a couple of your siblings. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, fill out a couple of forms. You might not actually <laughs> end up learning how to walk until you're like three years old or four years old because it's gonna take, uh, you know, learning how to do all these other things first. And it's just this big hassle, you know, uh, especially for a baby. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it might take you a few years you might put it off for, for a long, long time. And if everything was like that, you know, about, um, you know, walking, talking, uh, communicating your, your feelings, your ideas, uh, you might never really get around to uh, doing it very well. So this brings us to building web apps. Um, I know that there are a lot of different ways to deploy web apps, and people have learned, you know, the, um, the right way for them, whether that's, you know, throwing a few PHP files on a server, or <coughs> booting up a server on uh, Heroku, um, you know, in a, initializing like a quick Ruby on Rails app or Node.js app through there spinning up a database and connecting it, and they're like, oh yeah, no problem, I can do that in an afternoon. And uh, first of all, that's not true. <laughs> um, it took them a long time to learn uh, all the ins and outs of doing that, so it's a lot more than an afternoon for them because they had to learn how to do all that stuff and they had to <laughs> you know, create all the templates for that, all the deployment scripts, all the and you can say, oh, it's just Heroku Deploy. Well, you also need a database, and you also need to know how to start up 
a Ruby on Rails uh, web app and get that configured correctly. And you might be like, well, Ruby on Rails has uh, scaffolding. <coughs> you know, it's pretty easy. Um, and that's true. And I, to be honest, I don't really know a lot about Ruby on Rails. But I do know that I have, it was one of the first frameworks I tried to, to learn. And it's a little bit more complicated than just the scaffolding. If you want to build something that, uh, you know, if you want to build a web app that <coughs> pretty much no one would ever want to use, then uh, sure, you know, use the built-in scaffolding and, you know, type in a few commands and you can have a CRUD app with like a list, a really ugly looking list. And I don't know what it, what it looks like now, because honestly I haven't created a Rails app in a while. Maybe it comes with, you know, some built-in <coughs> style that looks amazing, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't. And of course you can add Bootstrap, but then of course that's another learning curve. Um, so anyways, <laughs> let's get back to the point. So the point is, um, if you had to fill out 10 different forms in order to you know, start taking your first steps, <coughs> um, you might, it might take you a while to learn how to walk. And I say the th same thing goes for building a web app. If you have to fill out, you know, I don't know, 15 different configuration files and read through 30 to 100 pages of documentation in order to get the gist of it, <coughs> and I'm talking, you know, from being a complete uh, newbie, uh, or at least, like, maybe you know a little coding, um, but even then, you're not going to know how to deploy a server, how to get a Rails server set up. You know, if you know the basics of coding or the basics of, of HTML, that doesn't translate to, you know, DevOps knowledge or database knowledge or, like, what a database connect connection string is. Um, or like where to store your files, <laughs> you know, like something simple like that can actually be a huge headache because a lot of, um, deployment options these days, they don't <coughs> actually have a persistent disk. So you have to, you know, set up S3 and upload to S3 and that's a whole nother, you know, pain in the butt. Um, or you could use an external service like you know, some image hosting service to upload images or something like Filestack to uh, upload files and then serve them. But then, of course, you know, that's a whole other <laughs> learning curve. And also, it's a learning curve that might not pay off because that company could get acquired by Google <laughs> in a year. And then all of a sudden, you've <coughs> learned how to uh, use, um, use them and figure out all the ins and outs around them and get them configured just how you need them to be uh, so that they're serving your files exactly how you want them to be. And then Google announces, hey, even though <laughs> when we acquired this company, we told you guys we weren't ever going to shut it down, we've decided to completely change the API. <laughs> and you have one year, two year, three years to switch over to the new system. And uh, it doesn't matter how long they give you. It's still, you waste a lot of time and you're going to have to do that whole transition process, which is a nightmare. And, you know, I mean, if you're on a bigger team, I'm sure it's not as big of a deal because you kind of have that <laughs> emotional support of your teammates and you can kind of put down a plan. But if you're like a solo developer, 
you've got a, a lot of other things uh, holding your attention uh, that are more important than a <laughs> big transition team, uh, or, or sorry, a big transition plan. So something like that can actually <laughs> completely annihilate your app. You can lose <laughs> all motivation if you go if you have to go through something like that. Um, but anyways, let's once again return back to the main point. So uh, my hypothesis, which I think is pretty simple, is just that if <coughs> building a web app, if getting a web app out there was as easy to do as it is to um, have access to trying to uh, stand on your own two legs, right? Because it's not necessarily about, you know, like, um, like the learning curve is fine, right? If you're... <laughs> Uh, like, if you're a baby and you're just learning how to walk, the, um, <clears throat> the problem is not all the forms you have to fill out because you don't have to fill out any forms uh, in our present age. <laughs> um, so uh, it's, it's just that it's kind of hard to learn how to walk. It's just a confusing and... Uh, and uh, I'm about to say, <laughs> I was about to say bug-ridden <laughs> process. Um, no, it's like, it's a confusing and, and um, it's just a trying time. You know what I mean? If you ever look at a baby trying to stand up, they're like frustrated. And sometimes they just give up and, and sit down right where they fell. And they, they're just like, okay, I'm just going <laughs> to go back to crawling. Um, and if you, if you want to create a web app, what if it was like that? What if you had instant access, right, to just, you know, having uh, the tools, all the tools you need to creating a web app, and it was just like, you know, um, I, if you had as easy access to it as, um, as you have to the ground, as you have to your legs, right? I don't know. I might be... Uh, <laughs> I might be uh, beleaguering this, uh, that's the wrong word, but I might be beleaguering this analogy. Um, <coughs> well, because I guess someone could argue that actually we do have easy access to all these tools, right? There's so many of them. We have frameworks built on Node.js, we have frameworks built, you know, Ruby on Rails, we have frameworks on every single language out there. Um, <coughs> it's pretty easy to get started with them. A lot of them offer scaffolding. A lot of them will, like, create uh, routes and, um, and views and controllers and models. Um, right, like, with a single command, like, you could do all of that, I think. And so, what's the big problem? You know, you type in a few commands, you have a web app running locally. I mean, it's probably like, I don't know, 10 commands, 20 commands, in order to get, <coughs> like, a pretty decent working web app. And yeah, the design might not be the best, but hey, pull in Bootstrap, or pull in Foundation, or pull in some other framework. And you've got some, you know, basic styles, and it's looking pretty good. And you can create a job board instantly, just like that. Or you can create a, a forum, you know, by adding a few 
user inputs and comments. Like, what's the big problem? And then you just, you know, go to Heroku, configure the database. It's like a few buttons to do that. You set up like a prod environment and a development environment. <laughs> um, compile, you know, your resources. You don't really need to do that, you know, if it's all server rendered, so you don't even need to worry about that. But, um, you know, deploy it, connect it, hook it up, make sure it's hooked up to the database, and boom, you've got a simple web app. It's probably, you know, like, not even a hundred lines of, of commands or, or code that you're actually typing in. Um, so what's the big deal? Um, you know, like, what, what would you rather there be? Um... And I think it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like yeah. I I wish there were less choices. There were fewer choices. I wish that uh, basically you didn't have to. Sorry to go back to this analogy, but um, I wish you didn't have to choose what kind of feet you want before you start walking. Um, no, it's a, it's a terrible. I've gone too far. Uh, this analogy is dead. It's gone. It's, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to it. Okay, but... Um, no, it's just like... <laughs> it feels like... Um, the UI... Part of... and The UI and UX part... Of a web application should be... Pretty much solved by now. In terms of... Um, you know, if you have a drop-down... And you have radio buttons... You know, like, make them look nice, make them look usable, uh, make, you know, give, space them correctly, and there should already be guidelines for all of that, and there should be a framework that says, oh, hey, you have two choices, use, and they're exclusive, use radio buttons and position them like this, and we'll do that automatically for you, <coughs> and, uh, oh, you have you know, 50 choices, and, you know, the user usually knows what they want, so they can type it in. Oh, we'll give you a, uh, a type-ahead drop-down list, and, you know, it's, it's uh, accessible, and it only takes up, you know, 10 kilobytes of, of space because it's been super optimized with JavaScript, and you don't even have to look at the JavaScript because it just works out of the box. And... It's positioned for you automatically with enough spacing and blah, 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 right? And so, um, oh, you want to create, you know, like a social network like Facebook? Oh, just type in, you know, these few commands. Or just, you know, choose from this list and boom, you've got Facebook. And it's, it's all been peer-reviewed. It's open source. Uh, it, it's using all the best practices, all the best usability guidelines. Um, because we're not, we're, we're not still stuck on, <laughs> uh, the, um, like, arguing about which JavaScript framework to use. We're not still stuck on, and this is, if you're not following, this is just my dream of, like, what the world, you know, could look like, and, and where I think it honestly is heading. Um, you know, we, we've actually settled on all of the, um, you know, base components, right? And, you know, instead of 
you know, worrying about which material the bricks are, are made out of. We're just working with bricks. And so you have the design for the drop-downs settled. You have the, the design for different types of interfaces settled. If you're creating a, f a profile page, you know, like, uh, that's easy. You know, you, you're going to need a profile photo. It's going to be this size. It's going to adapt to mobile. We're going to load different image sizes depending on, uh, you know, which... Um, <coughs> depending on which screen resolution, which device they're using, and like what their, even like what their bandwidth situation looks like, you know, uh, you know, that would be awesome, right? And I kind of feel like uh, Meteor.js was kind of heading in that direction before it took a hard <laughs> right turn and just <laughs> sped off into the distance. Um, I felt like it was establishing some standards of like, oh, this is what you should use for JavaScript web development. And all of these things are going to happen for you automatically behind the scenes. And <clears throat> they had their own package manager, which meant uh, if you Meteor installed some, some, you know, bootstrap package, it would be automatically configured for you, right? So I feel like that's a step closer to the right direction. And, and that's what I think, that's where I think things are heading in terms of, uh, um, well, so you have this inefficiency in the market um, right now. Right now you have a lot of developers uh, who are doing the same thing over and over and over again. They're building login forms and sign-up forms and authentication flows, <coughs> and they're configuring, you know, Passport.js or whatever the Ruby on Rails equivalent is, and they're, uh, you know, setting up Webpack on the front end. And uh, businesses don't care about that. Um, you know, like, if I'm... Uh, and, like, even entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs don't care about that. Like, if you want to create a product, all you care about is, hey, can I get this screen up and looking decent for my clients so that I can start charging them for it and have the data, you know, work and the login work and the sign-up work. And it doesn't matter so much to the um, entrepreneurs or builders or business owners, the technology behind the stack, as long as it's, you know, fairly performant and, and, fair, and usable and, you know, their customers enjoy, use, and, uh, enjoy using it and, and uh, you know, like the idea. And so I, I guess I understand why all of these <laughs> solutions work, right? But... Um, if you want to learn how to build a web app, you need to start experimenting. And this is going back to my original point. You need to start experimenting with what it's like to have a live application and what it's like to play around with the data and have people use it. And, um... And, uh, you know, see what, see what people think, see what people run into, you know, improve the, the interface and, um, 
experiment, right? And uh, sometimes I, I like read comments on, on Hacker News and people will talk about <laughs> the old days when uh, they could just put an HTML file, uh, you know, upload it with FTP uh, to a web server, you know, quickly configure the, the DNS to point to the server, and boom, they had a website. And that was enough. And now they're like, they're bemoaning the fact that, <laughs> you know, in order to get Gatsby JS set up or, you know, in, uh, some like <laughs> microservice, you know, website, like blog or whatever, you have to like type in all these commands and know all of these like random configuration variables and, <laughs> and get the, you know, just in order to get a basic website set up. And a lot of the responses to that are, um, you know, well, uh, you can still do that. <laughs> like, you can still throw a PHP file up on a server, and you can still use, you know, FTP. It's not, it's not that hard, you know, to find a, a web host that supports that or to set one up yourself. And um, <clears throat> it's pretty easy. And then you can have your basic, you know, HTML website or your basic PHP website, but you get a lot of benefits from the new way of doing things. You get, you know, instant page loads, and you get a user experience that your users enjoy, and you, you get a really nice theme out of the box. And so I'm not really arguing against that. I mean, I love things like, like Gatsby GS. I haven't used it, but I've heard a lot of positive things about it, and I think it's, um, I've heard, you know, you can consume data from pretty much any source, you know, you can, you probably set it up to, like, grab data from, from, like, a GitHub repository if you wanted it, wanted to, or, like, a JSON file, or, you know, you could use, like, a standard database or whatever, and then you just lay it out all with, uh, React and, it's all componentized, and you can, you know, move the components around, and it's, I think it's server-rendered, so it's pretty fast, and I think they preload a bunch of the links, so when you, like, when you're hovering over a link, I think it's preloaded or something. So whenever you click on a link, it loads, like, <coughs> even faster than the fastest website. Um, and I think that's all, like, really, really cool, and I think this is not, I don't think Gatsby JS is, um, what I'm talking about when it comes to complication, because I think, um, <clears throat> from my initial overview of it, I think that, uh, it's more in, in line with what I'm thinking about. <clears throat> and I wish there were more tools like that, and that a tool like Gatsby JS wins out in terms of, this is how you create web apps, period. Like, if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or a coder who's just getting started, you can piece something together using, you know, puzzle piece bricks, and then you can throw it up on a server with, like, a single button press. <clears throat> because I think once you are able to do that, once all it takes is for you to you know, press a few buttons, and you've got a web app on your hands, 
then you can really start learning about the internals. You can, you, you've already, you've got the reward of having a live website, a live web app, right? And like a live website isn't that hard to create, right? You can go on NeoCities or you can go on, uh, you know, S3 and you can create a website or you can, um, you know, go on Squarespace, right? <coughs> go on Squarespace or, um, or uh, there's a lot of, like WordPress, right? Um, there's a lot of tools that let you quickly visually create <coughs> a website. Um, but even with those, uh, <laughs> there's so many options. And it takes a while to figure out, I think. Like if you're <laughs> a WordPress developer and you're just trying to create a simple website, I wonder how long it takes the average person to figure out that they need the um, the custom field plugin uh, because if you if you're just working on like a blog, I think WordPress is fine out of the box. But I think if you're doing anything remotely advanced, you need custom fields, and you need to be able to manage those custom fields. So you need a plugin that's going to give you access to that. Um, but I think it takes quite a little, a, a lot of pain <laughs> and effort and learning in order to get to that point where you're like, oh, <laughs> I already built this myself like three times <laughs> on three separate web apps or like WordPress installs. And then I learned about advanced custom fields. Um, <clears throat> and that's a real plugin. That's a, like a very highly rated plugin that you can use with WordPress. And I, <laughs> to be honest, I don't really understand exactly what it does. But um, I think the basic idea is that you can <coughs> have your administrators fill in these forms and then, you know... Uh, did you see a guy wearing a black jacket and blue jeans walk by? No. No? Okay, thank you. Yep. Huh. Okay, well... Uh, that was interesting. Black jacket and blue jeans, jeez. Huh. Two costumes. Damn, I think I, I saw a guy in the playground, but... I don't know if that's what he was wearing. <laughs> jeez. Oh, okay. I should go inside. I don't know if that means this podcast, this episode, is something I should delete. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's fine uh, for now. Um, okay, so... Jeez, uh, I wonder what happened there. Real life. This podcast is about real life, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I kind of got off course with this <laughs> this episode. Um, just in general. Uh, so I think... This is the worst fucking podcast ever. <laughs> I would... I would stop listening to this podcast after like the 50th um <laughs> I would be done with it uh yeah like that 
another one. Um, so let's uh, just kind of circle back to my original thought experiment. Um, not not the analogy, but just like the um, the thought that learning happens when <coughs> you're able to do you have easy access to something and you're able to do it quickly. Um, and I think that right now it takes so long and there's so many choices when it comes to building a web app. Uh, and it takes a lot of, there's a lot of pain and frustration and, and suffering <laughs> when it comes to learning how to build and deploy a web app to real people that they can start using. I think that's a good two years at least. And um, <clears throat> I think one of the best options um, <clears throat> right now that's available is something like uh, Firebase. I think Parse, Parse when it was around was pretty good. And I think Firebase was one of its main competitors. And I think Firebase is still really strong. Because uh, what they do is they give you user authentication out of the box. You know, you create an app and then all of a sudden you've got user authentication, you've got a, a real-time database, you've got a, uh, another database thing that I think can be real-time but doesn't have to be. <laughs> um, I think. I'm not sure. And then uh, you've got like an upload. I think you've got like a file upload thing. And then you've got access to like functions <coughs> on, uh, you know, the Google Cloud functions or whatever. Um, so if you combine Firebase with uh, Vue.js or with React, um, I think that's like the ideal stack to me right now. Because you can uh, click a button, you have an app, and then you, you know, install React uh, and, you know, build out your templates. You know, you can use a, um, a pre-existing uh, CSS framework to, like, style your app. And then you've got all the data <coughs> uh, syncing. I'm not sure exactly how you're going to get it to sync with Firebase, but I'm pretty sure you could just grab all of the data in the app, right? You could just have all of the data at the top level of the application. I'm not saying this is a good practice, but uh, you could. Um, and I think there's like a state management library <coughs> for Vue that you could use, and you could just dump all of its data into um, the database, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be my ideal, because then... Everything's uh, namespaced, or, you know, not namespaced, but uh, I'm going to use that word because it's the only one that makes sense to me right now. Everything's namespaced in its own user account. Um, you can just dump the data into the database uh, and then get it, you know, when the page reloads or when there's a change made. I think you can pretty much get live reloading out of the box. Um... And it's all hosted for, for you on, on very scalable servers, so you don't have to worry about that. If you get a lot of users, you can just <coughs> upgrade your plan. 
Um, uh, I think you got like, I'm pretty sure you get image uploads out of the box, but if you don't, you can use something like Cloudinary. And it just feels like it handles so many things for you. Um, especially around the deploy stuff, that it just makes sense. Um, so, uh, yeah. I think that's a really good option, is Firebase. That's, I think that's what I would use, um, if I was, like, starting a brand new app. But, there is a few, I have a few concerns about it. <clears throat> so, one is that it is rendered on the front end. Um, oh, and sorry, one, one more nice thing about it is they, they host it for you. So they have like Firebase static hosting, which is on a CDN, a content delivery network. And it like, I think it's pretty fast. I mean, it's on Google's cloud infrastructure, so <clears throat> it's distributed all around the world. So that's another huge benefit. I mean, even if you're just, you know, hosting a static website, it's a pretty good option. Like if you're not building a web app. But yeah, especially the the user authentication out of the box is just super nice too. Um, okay, so the concerns I have about it is that, first of all, it requires a lot of front-end processing. And I know you might, you know, think that, um, you know, phones and devices have uh, advanced so much in the past several years or decade that, <coughs> and JavaScript processing is so so incredibly quick right now that a few hundred kilobytes of an application uh, doesn't really take that long to process. And it's not going to eat up that much of your data, and it's not going to eat up that much of your battery. Um, <coughs> so, you know, what does it matter? It's fine. And also, you have um, you have offline, you know, capabilities. You can, you know, cache the uh, <coughs> all of the um, JavaScript, so it only has to really load once. However, uh, if you are a um, an entrepreneur or like a solar founder, you don't really care about the second load. <laughs> uh, you really only care about the first load because that's how most people are finding you. It's about the first load. You know, they're finding you, they're going to your website, and the only experience they're going to have of you, the majority of them, 90% of them, is the first load. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> the second load really doesn't matter that much. I guess it does if they go to your website, they wait for the first load, <clears throat> which can take like sometimes 5 or 10 or 15 seconds, right? Sometimes. Um... And then they browse around your website, and then they're impressed by all of the subsequent loads, and they, they kind of forget that first load. Then that, that's fine. But let me tell you a little bit about my concern about the first load. So, my concern is that... Man, there's something crazy going on in my street. So my concern is that uh, a lot of people have a lot of old phones and you know whether that's budget phones or they're still on the iPhone 4 um, <coughs> they're running slower their battery is degrading the performance 
uh, because when the battery, you know, runs low, the phone's performance gets worse. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are buying, you know, $100 smartphones that are running older versions of Android and, you know, only have, like, one processor and it's, it's running at, like, I don't know, some, like, one gigahertz or something. So it doesn't really have a lot of uh, processing power or a lot of memory. So actually loading a 500 kilobyte web app is actually a lot for it and it kind of drain its battery and it really can't take up a lot of resources <clears throat> and just processing the web app can take a lot of time. I think it can take for like a pretty minor web app it can take uh, like up to five seconds just to process the JavaScript. And then that's not even counting downloading it, right? So downloading it, if you're on really good servers, right? You have like a content delivery network behind you. I think that can take a few seconds. But I think if you're on, uh, if like your user is on a slow network, right? It's not going to matter where you're serving it from. You know, if they're on the train and they're going under a tunnel or they're in a country and they're roaming with their cell phone data, <laughs> like, <clears throat> they might not be- got the best speeds, right? And so it might might add on another five seconds. Um, and we could even double both, both of those estimates because I think, you know, sometimes uh, they combine to, like, make it even slower to load. So I think something like a 500 kilobyte web app can take you know, 10 seconds or 15 seconds to load um, when you're not doing any server rendering, right? <clears throat> when you're just serving the uh, JavaScript and that's what takes, the, you know, that all has to load before your web app renders. Um, so if we're considering that, upwards of 10 to 15 seconds for a pretty, you know, fair-sized web app of 500 kilobytes, Firebase itself just with the user authentication, <coughs> the base application uh, JavaScript, and the uh, database, I think is around 450 kilobytes. And that's before you've written any code, right? So, I mean, maybe on your homepage you can get uh, away with not loading the, the data store. So you can just load the... Um, and maybe you don't even load, like, the authentication, too, right? Because you only need that on the sign-up page <coughs> or the sign-in page. So if that's the case, then maybe it's not so bad. Because <laughs> on your landing page, you don't load it. And then on your sign-up page, you load the base app and the, and the auth uh, library. And then in your main web app, you load the data store. So, yeah, now that I think about it, it's not, it's not so bad. Um, and I mean, you could say, oh, that's, that's code splitting. That's a whole nother thing to set up, but you could just actually just include the, um, the JavaScript files themselves on, uh, on Google's CDN. You, you wouldn't need to install them with, with NPM or whatever if you didn't want to. So yeah, I think Firebase is a pretty good option. Um, but I wish there was like more... There was like something more like that that made it that that was server rendered. I don't know. For some reason, I really like server rendered, 
and that uh, really encourage the like l- loading the data and and saving the data as like one big file, one big like glob of data, so that you could just <coughs> let the server do most of the work, so that your users cell phone, uh, most likely, right? These days, most users, like 55 or 60% of users, are (coughs) browsing the internet from their cell phone or from their, uh, you know, mobile device. Um, So you don't have to take up the battery, you don't have to take up the processing power of that, and, (coughs) you know, your web app's going to be really responsive for them. I think it's important to let your server do the work. It's, I think it's it's part of the um, the mantra in the Don't Make Me Think book about just what it really comes down to, what usability really comes down to, is just being polite. And I think having your users render your web app is a little like inviting someone into your home and, you know, telling them they can make dinner for themselves. Um... It's a, I don't know. It's not exactly like that, but... Um, yeah. It's a little like that. It's a tiny bit like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think that it's more polite to have your server do the work. And uh, to not, like, bloat your web app with all these unnecessary libraries... You know, to like as much as possible, use very very lightweight libraries and load you know under fifty kilobytes or under a hundred kilobytes of JavaScript, um, and like optimize your images really really well. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of what I'm talking about kind of goes against. Uh, building web apps easily because, I mean, ideally there's an easy framework that's going to optimize your images for you, but you kind of got to let people figure stuff, some stuff out for them themselves. Like if they, if they upload a huge two megabyte image to their website, um, you know, just let them, right? I don't know. (laughs) I, I guess, yeah, I would prefer a framework that would auto optimize it when you're serving it. Um, but as of now, I think there's not a lot of frameworks that, that do do that. So it might be okay to just let it happen. Okay. Anyways, I didn't really say that much in this podcast, but I got stopped by the, or I got talked, I got, uh, quick one-liner from a police officer, so that was fun, and then, uh, I, um, (coughs) I got to talk about web apps, (laughs) and, uh, making them easy to build. I feel like I didn't really quite get to my main point, though, um, (coughs) because I think I'm, it's like a, uh, (coughs) when I've talked to developers in the past, and I've talk to them about, (coughs) hey, can we, you know, build out this new feature? I think it would be really good for users, you know, like, (coughs) this user 
is it, like I've talked to 10 different users and most of them are doing this and then this and then this. Uh, you know, they're doing three different steps in order to accomplish this one goal. And all we would need to do is add this one little button and it would let them combine all of those steps into this one simple action. <clears throat> and, you know, when I've said something like that to a developer or like a back-end engineer, a lot of times the response is immediately about implementation. It's immediately about, oh, okay, so if we did that, we'd have to organize the data like this, and we'd have to, I don't know, duplicate the data like this, or deduplicate it, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and we'd have to, um, you know, have this, you know, other thing to make it scalable, and, and blah, 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 right? It's all thinking about what it would take to implement, <clears throat> and then immediately thinking, is it worth it, you know? Like, we would have to do all this work. This is probably going to take three weeks to do. Um, you know, is this simple feature really worth the three weeks of our time? You know, shouldn't we really be doing something else? <clears throat> and so, even before you get started thinking about, you know, is this idea useful for the user? Um, you already start thinking about the implementation. And you start thinking about, um, <clears throat> does it make sense? Is it too much effort, right? And I think that's a really easy way to uh, stop brainstorming in its tracks and just um, prevent new ideas from happening when you start thinking about the implementation right away. And I think that's kind of what I did this conversation is I, um, <clears throat> as a web developer, you know, I'm very enmeshed in HTML and CSS and JavaScript and all the different worlds of, of what that is to me. What building a web app, you know, can, can be is, is defined for me a lot by what already is and what already exists. So I think I got a little carried away there thinking about existing solutions. But I think what I was really trying to say at the, like, at the very basic level is that I wish there was a way to uh, click a few buttons to get a web app deployed and it was open. It was, it was... Um, it was just, I was just easy and open source and just made sense. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess, I wish there was a way that I could upload some HTML and CSS and have a web app and that the CSS was optional and that the HTML was optional <laughs> um, and that no JavaScript on my part was required and by HTML optional I mean you know what if I could just say hey uh, I need a profile with an image with an avatar image 
with a username and you know here are these th three blocks you know the the avatar the username and the summary and uh and those are going to be pre-configured pre-styled for me and you know the updating is going to be automatically included out of the box and the image uploading is going to be automatically included and I can just you know add those three blocks and then <clears throat> if I want I can switch to a different view where I can see the HTML and I can edit it uh, from there and then I can switch to another view where I can see the, the CSS and edit it you know if I need to um, edit that but basically a web app is nothing more than just a few blocks put together, right? And I wish I could do that. And then the key part for me is if I could just deploy that with a button click. <laughs> and it would take care of everything, right? It would be hosted on a content delivery network. The domain would be automatically set up. The database would be backed up, you know, every day or every hour, <laughs> you know, and... Um, it would be backed up remotely to a remote host. And, you know, image serving would be optimized and, you know, responsive images would be generated and the authentication would be handled automatically. And, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about uh, getting hacked, you know, and having all of my users' passwords released to the public. The security was, you know, taken care of. Um, that would be my dream. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I think that there's, like, this other web app building service called Bubble. It's, like, bubble.is, I think, is the domain. I've heard a lot of really good things about them. You know, a lot of no-code people <coughs> on uh, Twitter talk about Bubble. You know, they're they're just, like, all about it, you know? <laughs> Um, there was this thread the other day where this, you know, big no, no code guy was like, Hey, tell me what kind of app you want to build. And I'll tell you, you know, the no code solution for it. And there, and as I think as part of that thread, one person was like, Hey, what about, I don't know, like a Twitter clone or what about an Airbnb clone? And, like, everyone responded saying, oh, just use Bubble. Use Bubble, 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 Bubble. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just made me... Um, uh, before, when I was looking at their website, I was like, wow, this website looks horrible. <laughs> it looked, like, really old school. Like, it looked like it was from the 90s, like the Web 2.0 era. And uh, some things, like, didn't render right. They looked weird. It might have been, like, because I was on a, a high-resolution display and um, the images weren't optimized for that, so they looked pixelated. I think that was part of it. But, yeah, I mean, that Twitter thread really made me think twice because I was like, huh, if you can just, like, click an app and then, boom, you have it deployed using Bubble, maybe it makes sense and maybe they give you that option of editing the under-the-hood stuff. But... I don't think it's quite what I'm looking for because uh, I think it's it's marketed towards people who basically want a Squarespace, and I I definitely don't want a Squarespace 
for web apps. Like, I think that's too little control for the developer. And don't get me wrong, if there was a Squarespace for web apps, I would want to use it. But I don't think I'd use it for everything, and I don't think I'd use it for, you know, projects that I felt had a lot of potential. Because I think um, in the long run, you need to be able to customize things. And just how, you know, at the beginning of this uh, this call, I kind of talked about, you know, if you're on some service that does everything for you, and then, you know, Google buys them and tells everyone they're switching it off in a, in a few months or a year, then you've got to transition everything over. And I think that's the same problem that you can run into with something like Squarespace, uh, except it's not even that they might switch it off. <laughs> it's that you might outgrow them, you know? They think there are certain things where, you know, if a competitor does something, you want to be able to uh, have the option to change course if that's, you know, if they're presenting a much better idea. And if you don't have the option to do that because your platform limits you, or you have to find some kind of, like, insane workaround that makes your developers really, really unhappy, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, hosting part of the web app on a separate <laughs> subdomain and, and, you know, trying to, like, like having everyone, like, re-log in with, <laughs> with some different, <laughs> you know... <laughs> account or something and and trying to hook those accounts together so that I don't know whatever right it could get really messy um if you're trying to use two different systems at the same time uh but I guess there are solutions to that and maybe if you know there was a squarespace for web apps they would have you know excellent oauth support or whatever which is something I don't really know a lot about but I know it it lets you kind of unify login systems. So basically, I think if you have a login system, you can tell their login system that, you know, hey, this guy's already logged in. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, that could be a decent uh, picture, you know, that's a def decent approach, you know, if like something like Bubble or something like, you know, the Squarespace for web apps supported OAuth, then um, you know, for some, but, you know, it would probably be for some, like, enterprise version of, of the app, and they would probably charge, like, $2,000 a month for it, and that's another problem, it's like, you know, Heroku, and all these hosting platforms, they cost, you know, like, a decent amount of money, like, five to ten dollars or something, sometimes more, uh, for, like, a pretty simple web app, and I think part of, you know, learning quickly and, like, deploying things quickly is, like, things need to be disposable, you know? You need to be able to, <laughs> you know, start up a web app and then start up a copy of that web app and then go in a slightly different direction and then, you know, create this other little hobby project and, and then merge it in with the original project and then come up with like, you know, a hundred different other web apps and experiment with those. And right now I feel like the, the, uh, there's so much pressure to get it right the first time that there's not enough learning with web apps. I think, 
you know, if, the, if you could just like build something really quickly with HTML and CSS and a little JavaScript and deploy it to the web, you know, using something like Firebase, and then you could just create another one and another one and another one, and everything was just free. Free in terms of time, in terms of effort, in terms of, you know, real cost, in terms of, you know, monetary cost. Uh, I think that's where you really get the learning happening, you know. I feel like right now, the industry as a whole is kind of not learning at the pace that it could be in terms of um, in terms of how to build web apps because there's so many steps and there's so many choices. Um, but also, uh, you know, with a much more important goal of connecting to the customer. You know, because like... <laughs> You can build a web app and it doesn't matter if you don't, if it doesn't connect to anyone, if, if it sees the light of day and you're, (laughs) and by that point you're so exhausted from building it that you never, you know, get, you know, even a hundred people to try it out, then you've, you've failed in a way. And so I think that is actually what should be the number one focus is getting it out there and having people try it out I don't read the uh, this one last thing before I go I don't read the Harry Bosch novels but <coughs> I watch the Amazon series and in his uh, little like cubicle thing right next to like pinned up to his the like partition uh, it's not really a cubicle but like on the partition it says um it says like get off your ass and go knock on some doors i don't know something like that get off your ass and knock on some doors something like that so it's like police work isn't about you know doing paperwork it's not about sitting around it's not about chatting you know if you're a detective and you want to solve a case it's not about just like sitting there mulling over the details that you already know and trying to figure it out all on your own. It's really about going out there, talking to people, and gathering evidence. And, you know, you need to talk to witnesses, you need to develop relationships, you need to talk to people, you need to, you know, get to know the community. And I think that's a really, really good point because, um, yeah, I think that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. Building a web app... (laughs) It's not about building a web app. You know, building a company is not about saying, oh, I have this <laughs> LLC company. You know, it's about, are you doing something good? And um, do you have, you know, are you telling people about it? Are you reaching out about it? Are you getting people excited about it? And I think that's really, really hard to do when you're not getting off your ass and knocking on doors. Okay, cool. Well, that's all I got for today. I have once again filled up the majority of the maximum time for the podcast episode. Uh, I will be on next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.